back in Tourmaline, and a good night's rest can put to bed many of our woes. Poor Miri. She's getting so damn big. We had to sleep in the stables. It's not like I was going to leave her out there alone. Now, if only Tavini can finish up that leg for Marta's father, then at least we'll be able to mark this stop off as a win for us. But troubles aside, let's see how the day goes on today's short quest, Long Rest. you're heading out ostensibly to go and retrieve the party's coin mm-hmm. where what is everyone else doing Tavini has come out of her room without really getting like doing her morning ritual so her hair her curly hair is just kind of gone it's a frizz ball it's, it's just a, a full curl afro on her head at the moment <laughs> I love it um, and she's got the foot in her in her hands, like it's so it's a bit big for her and it's a bit heavy, so she just looks like. <laughs> and on her back is her backpack with all of the remaining metal, and she's like, uh, "Um, good morning." Alrighty, and uh, where are you? Uh, where are you heading with that? Uh, she approaches Marta. All right, and Marta has just finished wiping down the window when a uh, cool breeze. You know, a bit of icy wind comes whipping through as Felgren, you know, leaves out the front door off to some unknown errand. But Marta climbs down from the chair and gives a start when she sees you standing there and slaps herself in the chest. But this time it's with a wet towel. (laughs) (laughs) You're... I'm used to... I'm used to having guests, but your group is so quiet. (laughs) To be quiet? (laughs) Clang, clang, clang. (laughs) So I was in my thoughts. Um, There's something I could do for you. Could I uh, help uh, see your father now? You're done with that project. Um, No, I I, I need to uh, do last measuring. Um, Make sure it fit comfy. Right, right. Uh... Then let's let's go see Da. She nods quickly, and her hair just goes. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. She leaves <laughs> the uh, leaves the bucket on the seat of the chair and kind of you know throws the towel down into it with a splash, and takes you down the low tunnel to the cabin where her uh, her father is staying, who is currently abed after she knocks and gets his groggy permission to enter. And, uh, oh, hold on. Oh, Dreamer, you're gonna start on the windows? Yeah, I'll start on the windows while she's away. <laughs> Doing it Big Zero's, Big Zero Six, or Big Hero Six style. Love it. Baymax. Like the wave, but with the rag. <laughs> yep. Black All of body. his movements perfectly efficient, not a drop <laughs> spilled, not a wipe out of place. No streaks <laughs> whatsoever. It's like right, he was yeah. built for this. All right, Dreamer, you get started on the uh, the windows as uh, snow falls outside. You could see it sticking to the glass. <laughs> he rolls a one. Yeah. What's the intelligence yeah, check for? Yeah, what's the intelligence? <laughs> yeah, why didn't intelligence check? <laughs> he doesn't know what a window is. Nice. <laughs> he probably spent a bit way too long just trying to get one smudge off the window. leans in real close it's like alrighty (laughs) yeah dreamer just like super intently (laughs) (laughs) it's a spot that won't come off and it takes you about a full minute to realize that it's on the other side of the glass (laughs) sounds about right carry on to Davini sorry (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay I've embarrassed myself enough. Yep. And <laughs> Tavini, 
as you enter the room behind Marta. Her father, seeing you and after your last conversation, he pulls himself to sit upright a little more firmly and he looks really eager as he leans forward. You, um, you have something this morning, do ya? Uh, I, I make sure it, uh, it, it, it is the right size. And she approaches the bed with her backpack still jingling with all of the metal that she's going to use. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fast and he, you know, turns and twists so that, uh, the leg that ends in a stump is pointing towards you and the other, his foot, barefoot, just thumps down on the floor beside a pair of empty boots off to the right. So she's going to put the other foot... The one that she has made, she's going to put that foot, the metal foot, next to his flesh one and just make sure that they're <laughs> the right size, the right angle, and what have you. And then she's going to go to the stump uh-huh. and do one last measurement to make sure that everything is, like, all of her measurements are correct so that all she right. can make it comfy when she does make the leg part. Yeah, you know, you, uh, you get the circumference of his uh, his thigh there and the one of the intact leg taking your measurements mostly off of that so you can have an idea of like you know the proper size to make it so that they're if not identical then close enough that the the left will function similar to to how the right does mm-hmm. takes you about 10 minutes cuz you know you're being really thorough you're doing like triple notations and averaging them out so everything is accurate yeah cuz this is the this is the important part. This is the actual leg that she has to make. Yep. And uh, Marta is just, you know, almost bouncing, kind of sitting off to one side, trying not to interrupt, but she keeps having a conversation over your head to her dad, which you're, you're so tunnel visioned on your work that you're only catching snippets of the conversation. Like, oh, it's going to be so good to have you back working. <laughs> it's been a lot of work. Uh, we have a new employee now. Really? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, uh, you know, the these folk brought home a kobold from the mine. You mean the ones they were sent to, uh... And she goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As they go back and forth, and you finish your measurements, what are you doing? She's looking at... She's, like, turning around, got the little piece of leather that she usually ties her hair back with, and just doing, like, a really quick, loose ponytail... And is looking at the floor and trying to figure out if that's enough space for her to do the the ritual. Yeah, there's enough space there to uh, do another ritual circle here. Yeah, she's going to like clear the space, get out her little piece of charcoal from her backpack and start arranging the pieces of metal in the middle of the floor. All right. And uh, as you start to prepare your ritual space... Marta goes and sits down on the, on the bed beside her dad, and the two of them are both kind of leaning forward to watch, utterly engrossed, but not interrupting. And after about ten minutes, you have the ritual set up, and it takes an hour, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, the ritual itself takes an hour. Okay. So yeah, within ten minutes, you're set up, and you begin the ritual. And for the others who are in the common room, It's only about five minutes into this that you realize Marta's probably not coming back for a while. (laughs) And as Grek finishes sweeping the entirety of the bar, she kind of looks around as if looking for further direction. And seeing that Dreamer has taken the initiative upon himself to start washing the windows, me going to make breakfast. (laughs) And she is going to march her little butt off to the kitchen. Have fun. Yeah. I believe in her. As for Krellick and Rian, what are the pair of you doing? So I'm just, uh, me and Miri, I think are doing our morning routine thing as far as like, now that, you know, before it was like, she was small and she'd sit on my back as I did uh, push-ups and stuff to like, get ready in the morning. Now, I think she's just right next to me doing them because she's way too big to sit on my back and do it. So, so yeah, we just do like little training exercise it's one of the few things he knows to do as as far as just like teaching her his ways and things so yeah they're just they're just kind of working out together doing push-ups and well she could probably do push-ups i don't know about sit-ups yeah uh, Yeah, uh 
So the pair of you are outside the stable, mm -hmm. have gone around to the side of the building because the street itself, muddy, snowed over, frozen, you know, tread upon, just not a great place for, you know, getting rough and tumble. But around the side of the building, the snow is still relatively fresh and deep enough to, on you, be up to your thighs. Mm -hmm. Almost a crotch level, not quite. With Miri, she is Cold just day. about chest deep in the snow, but moving pretty fluidly through it, kind of doing that bounding bunny run that she's done ever since she was little in it. And I love it. with a great buffet of her wings, she blows up this huge snow flurry that clears a space for the pair of you to work. You can see dead, dry grasses, you know, rising up from the bit of snow remaining underfoot. And in this space that she clears out, you know, she's kind of using her wing to buffet some of the snow drifts back a little. But after a couple of minutes of work, she turns on you and crouches low and starts to prowl around you as you do your own warm-ups. Mm. I think I... Would I see her, like, kind of getting, like, a little feisty? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think uh, he'd kind of smile and uh, ready himself just in case she tries to pounce on him. Because like, he's already taught her to play fight and stuff like that. And who knows if she's just going to come at him at one point. So I think he's got an eye on her, like, waiting, just waiting for her to pounce. All right. Roll me a perception check. Nice. Wah. Wah, a four wah, for wah. a total of a seven. All right. Yeah, that sucks. So she spends such a long time sort of circling you, almost like a, a cat, you know, stalking a mouse, <laughs> that it's a little unnerving. Yeah. You're kind of turning to follow her and watching her. And after a good minute or so, she almost seems to get bored with the exercise. You see her yawn. Mm -hmm. And she drops uh, from her crouch, kind of sits up a little, and looks off towards the uh, the street down which a couple of people are walking and are, you know, a couple of them are stopping to watch the young dragon in the snow and the uh, man sort of sparring with the air beside her. And it's as your attention is drawing to these onlookers that she pounces at you. You little shit. <laughs> Does a 13 connect? Uh, 13 does not connect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So as you are distracted and she goes to make her pounce, you kind of, oh, shit, and bring that yeah. sword up and it meets with one of her claws. And from the connection you have with her, mm -hmm. there's an instant of surprise, like, that should have worked. Yep. yep. Followed by, oh, I'm going to make it work. So you go for a second attack? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Bring it. <laughs> Tries to whip her tail around underneath you to catch you in the legs. Got him. Yeah. Oh, 17. Yeah. So I got to do a saving throw every trip. Yep. Give me a strength saving throw. Uh, <laughs> Here comes that hot, uh, spicy fail. Yep. Yep. Six. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So as you're feeling pretty good about having deflected her claw attack, you feel one of your legs go out from under you as her tail curls around and yanks. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself staring up at the sky at the ribbon <laughs> of the aurora overhead. <laughs> with a, uh, a bit of distant laughter from the handful of people that have stopped to watch. <laughs> like, oh, you little shit. <laughs> he'll say it with a smile, like in a laugh. Oh, you want to get feisty, huh? And he'll, uh... Well, I guess pull himself back up and uh, drop into stance with her. Of course, everything he's going to do is non-lethal and oh yeah, you know, be nice, but or play fight really. But <laughs> like, oh, you want to wrestle a little bit, huh? Feeling a little, getting a little big for your britches. Think you can take your old dad, huh? I mean, yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going <laughs> to use the dragon sword. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon so Slayer short up. sword. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not gonna use my Dragon Slayer short sword. No. <laughs> no. In fact, I'm, I'm probably gonna pull uh, sword and shield on this one, the silver long sword, and my shield out because again, I want to be more defensive on this. I want to, you know, spar with her, not try to hurt her. 
All right. Go ahead, give me an attack roll. Okay, okay. Actually, I'm gonna go with my long sword. Blip, 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 blip. God and damn! Eight. Rolling like shit and eight. No, that don't hit. I don't hit my baby. Yeah. So, having just landed on your back, woof, and hearing the the sort of distant laughter of people that are watching this play out, Miri has backed off to give you space to get onto your feet. Mm-hmm. And you could tell from the way that she's kind of carrying herself, her neck is arched playfully, that she's loving it. <laughs> and that little bit of you that wants to put your put your daughter in her place, like, yeah. no, you don't treat dad that way, goes to make a strike, and she bats it away, catching the blade between her teeth and just kind of releases Ooh. it like, oh, yeah, uh, nope, gonna have to do better than that. Like, you're getting, uh... Little feisty in your old age here. Don't want to embarrass you in front of these people, but well, I have to. He's doing it all with a big smile on his face. God, this feels like so much like fucking with my own dad. Like, <laughs> this is like so. This is, it's a little too close for comfort after just just doing like uh, mental. I just I just came from that wedding and spent the whole weekend with my dad and just fucking having like little mental sparring matches and shit just like this. Just like. Oh, you think you're fucking clever, huh? How about this? Like, just <laughs> teasing each other and seeing who can get the one up on each other and stuff like that. And, uh, I will say, Krellick, as you are waking up, taking in the morning, taking in the room, making sure that everything is squared away, you can hear distantly the sounds of laughter through the window outside. And looking out, you actually witness this scene of Miri and Rian sparring one another in this cleared area of snow with a handful of onlookers in the Aurora's light. Kind of, you know, some, most of them, pretty much all of them cheering on the dragon because they don't <laughs> yeah. ever really get to see one. Uh, uh, but what are you doing this morning? Uh, I think he'll watch for a second, but then he's just going to instantly leave the room and go look for Tavini. All right. As you exit out into the common room, you get a whiff of something cooking. You're not sure what. There's certainly something on fire. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and Dreamer is there just finishing up the windows, all of them sparkling clean on the inside, at least. Uh, other than that, it's just the, uh, just Dreamer in the common room. Does Krellick see flames? <laughs> no, but there is a small door that leads off to a, a kitchen behind the bar there. I guess he'll peek in there first, just to make sure nothing's burning. Yeah, so as you peek in there, you know, double-checking that Marta is maybe up to something, because you wouldn't know that she's, you know, with Tavini and her dad in in his room. You see a very, very small kobold who has found herself a chef's apron that is too long for her. It is looped around her neck, tied about her waist as if it were more of like a like a waist apron not one that covers the chest and as she shuffles around carrying different dishes hither and thither from the hearth you can see her little clawed toes peeking out from the fabric every time she shuffles forward with a step there seems to be a plate of blackened not burnt but certainly blackened bacon nearest you and what appears to be a pot full of eggs boiling over the fire. Say he goes to say something and just decides, nope, and just turns around and leaves her alone. Wait! Oh, <laughs> you have bacon! Uh, I'll be back for it in a little bit. And you hear shuffling footsteps as if they're chasing after you, and the muffled <laughs> whoomph of her falling on her face. Oh, she tripped over the apron. <laughs> no, no. Aww, I love Greg so much. Can we just take Greg with us? Like, they have to work here. No, she'll die. Uh, no, we. I know she'll die. She'll You're die right. so <laughs> fast. One fireball. Right. That's all it takes. <sighs> He'll stop and yeah, give me right. search and help her up. All right. Yeah. After that, it doesn't take you long to kind of work out. Like, oh, they must have gone to a, either out, which to me is probably unlikely to, or are in the uh, the father's room, which is where indeed you find them. Uh, Tavini, in the midst of finishing up preparing for a ritual and beginning one with Marta and her father both 
avidly watching from his bed. Marta kicking her feet in front of her and then kind of glancing at her dad and stopping. Oh, good morning. Uh, he would just nod and be like, uh, good morning. Uh, I see you're, uh, see you're busy. Uh, I'll just, uh, wait here until you're done. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be a bit crowded, but you're, oh. you're welcome. Okay, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just go back to the main room. Uh, Tavini, I, uh, kind of need to talk to you when you're done. He'll just go right back to the common room and wait. Hello everyone, Rian Stormlight here at your service. I'm here to talk about... Wait, is this right? Is this right? Rat trap? Rat trap games? You know how I feel about rats. I mean, ser seriously. Oh. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Rattrapgames.com is a great place to pick up all the mats and set pieces to make your tabletop game epic. It's a great alternative to those high-priced retailers to get what you need within your budget. They design their mats to be flexible as hell for game masters, as well as offer books, dice, and anything you can need to help build your own world. The scenics they offer are easily stored and set up with relative ease. No painting, complicated assembly, muss or fuss for that matter. And the cherry on top is if you head there now and punch in the code SQLR21, you can get a 10% discount on any purchases on the site. So give RatTrapGames.com a visit and enter the code SQLR21 to get your 10% discount. Now, I'll see you on the next short quest. Long rest. Alright. And uh, as all that is happening around the east side, there is one among you who has left the safety of hearth and warmth to brave the streets on the way to town hall. Such a noble soul. It's very brave. He's very brave. Very brave. brave. The, the colds of the city. Mm -hmm. Well, well, you know, one of us has to be. That's true. You know, it wasn't going to be Rian. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> the least likely. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where he's headed. <laughs> and uh, as you enter, Town Hall being a public building, it's unlocked. There's a couple of people going hither and thither. You can see a small hallway off of the main entrance, over which there is a placard that says library. Uh, to the right-hand side, there is a sign that reads accounts, presumably where the uh, town's tax collector resides or whoever keeps track of public funding. And a very tired, like still waking up, half-elven receptionist behind a wide desk who seems to be talking to one of three people in line in front of her doesn't even look up as you enter you could either you can wait in line you could go explore the building it is entirely up to you he'll wait impatiently all right as you stand in line sort of arms crossed huffing tapping your foot the man in front of you is very scarred looking sailor you can tell he is because you see all these uh you know marks on his hands from hooks having been caught there and you know pulling up some of the skin there's rope burns on his forearms and the end of his left pinky you know that last knuckle is completely missing and he's just kind of giving you the side eye every minute or so as you huff and wait impatiently as the uh, first person in line sort of finishes having their questions answered and steps off to one side and the line moves forward, this man sucks on his teeth for a moment. Can you, uh, can you stop that? Hmm? The foot tapping. <laughs> he just kind of, uh, smiles. Sure. No. You, uh... It's boring. Waiting in this line is boring. We're all bored. <sighs> You're one of the new sailors. Oh, no. No. You're going to be working in the mine. I, I have, in a way. And he kind of pauses for a second, and he cocks his head and looks at you. Uh, this town is getting bigger. Oh? Yes, I've never seen you before. Well, I'm new to the north. Yeah. 
I, I, I imagined that you uh, have the smell of summer about you. <laughs> Cold hasn't gotten into your bones. Well, I don't plan to let it. Well, yeah, you stay up here and you see too many winters. It's going to get you as it gets all of us. He just kind of smiles. Frost Maiden, she always gets her due. You know, I've heard that before. I guess we'll, uh, see if it's true. Yo, uh, I heard. He's kind of sucking on his teeth, seeming to, to pause and think for a moment. Oh, you wouldn't be interested. He turns back to waiting in the line. <laughs> it's an old move. Yep, old, bold move. But he's gonna fall for it. <laughs> interested in what? Oh, uh, well, hey, uh, Boy from the summers, like you, likely doesn't know how things work around here. Just kind of furrows his brow, a little confused. When I say that the Frost Maiden gets her dues, I mean there are things folk will do to stay out of her attentions, and you should do your best to learn them if you're going to be a part of this town. And the, uh, the woman who is standing ahead of him speaking to the receptionist, kind of middle-aged, very uh, strong build, turns around and, and elbows the old man a little and glares over her shoulder at you. Don't uh, say such things with folk who've only just arrived in town. Well, he has the right to know if he's going to live here. What did you say you were working? Um, you were in the mines. Yes, here and there. Uh, he seems to pause for a second as if waiting expectantly. <laughs> uh, you said do certain things? What things? Oh, yes. I... <laughs> Sorry. I, I like when people ask me questions, you see. I, uh... Very... Very much, uh, when you get to my age, information is really all you have to trade sometimes, and, you know, it gets very lonely since my wife died, and, oh, you know, when I meet people I've never seen before, I'm always interested in, you know, something Murder new that him. they might, <laughs> they might have to say. Mm? So, I'll trade you the secret to staying out of Oral's attention in this town. If you trade me one of your own. One of what? A secret, lad. <laughs> a secret? Yes. What is something you know that I and others would perhaps not? That's a good question, isn't it? You have no fucking idea. I'm sure a lot of things. Just not things I don't think. I don't think he'll care. <laughs> Didn't say he had to care. Uh. <laughs> You can make some shit up right now. Yeah, as I say, and, and who's to say that you're going to give a shit about what he's about to say either? So <laughs> you're, you're essentially blind trading info for info, so you can give him whatever the fuck you feel like giving him. Okay. You have a deal. And he nods and looks at you expectantly. Oh, I'm going first, am I? Yes. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> he will uh, spend a moment thinking, because he's going to make something up. <laughs> Did you know that if you look into the eyes of a tiefling for 13 seconds, your middle finger will fall off? He meets your gaze and Caref stares at you. Careful now. And I need you to make me a deception check. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nail this. Please nail this. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Yeah. Nailed it. 22. 22. Boy. <laughs> as the tech as the seconds tick by, you see him start to shake a little, and he seems to get nervous. Kind of twitches left eye a little bit. <laughs> and at about the eleven second mark, he very hastily glances away. I don't often meet tieflings. Who knows what <laughs> magics you have? Well, legend has it that uh, someone, a famous warrior, once. 
flipped off Asmodeus. No. He didn't take kindly. <laughs> so he took his... <laughs> <laughs> He'll just Wait. give like a big grin. And why would he give tieflings the gift to take middle fingers as well? Asmodeus is a not a very bright devil, is he? No, but he's spiteful. Well, well I happen to like my birds where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Right. Well, and I'll tell you, in the coldest night of the month, the night of new moon, where things are darkest, gutter your fires, leave that night's warmth out of your life, succumb to the cold, leave yourself open to it, for any fire Aurel is like to visit, and if the Frost Maiden is not upon you, then surely she will send her agents to punish people who would dare defy the cold, though that's how Tourmaline solves its problems with the Frost Maiden. May weather a cold night in her name? Any nods. Well, the gods are a mysterious bunch, aren't they? Yes, and she is very lovely and beautiful, and oh, praise Aurel. And he says this a little more loudly uh, to the chamber. And people who are going about their business, there's really only like half a dozen or so in this uh, very small sort of town hall entry. They all pause at the name and glance at him nervously and glance at you. And kind of continue about their business with their uh, heads ducked. Very much giving off the sense of avoiding the uh, the conversation you two are having. Well, <clears throat> I have a feeling in the coming months that her and I will become closer. If you want that, you just strip naked and run <laughs> off into the lonely wood. You'll meet the cold close enough. <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh, See that you don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we speak of praise in her name, but you don't want to see a young man like yourself, with his life ahead of him, die to the cold. Mm. Well, there is nothing I value more than my life. So he gives you a, a bit of a gap-toothed grin, and at that moment, the you know sort of burly miner-esque woman ahead of him turns around and goes around the old man, but shoulder checks you on her way out the door. The old man shuffles forward to do his business. He'll just kind of blink, irritated. And uh, as she leaves, through the front door comes a familiar figure, that of Speaker Oris Masthu. Oh, the, uh, perfect. <laughs> Yes, the half-orc leader of the town, seemingly on his way in for the day. Well, hello, speaker? He sort of stops on his way back past the receptionist and, Oh, uh, good to see you. Likewise. Uh, I take it the mines have been attended to? Mm, yes, I've valiantly led my underlings in there and taken care of it. You see him kind of suck on his bottom lip some. <laughs> his tusks poking out on either side of his mouth. Right. Underlings. Is that not the preferred nomenclature? I just didn't think that you were, um... You don't strike me so much as a uh, leader of... Such a cohort. Mm, I'm insulted. No offense intended. You could see a bit of humor glinting in his eyes, like maybe there was a little bit. Well, all is forgiven. If you have my payment? You mean your team's payment? Yes, of course. He just kind of waves his hand. Yes, actually, I have the reward. Uh, I'll go speak to the holder of our accounts and... 
Your friends, they're still staying at the, uh, the East Wind, aren't they? Mm-hmm, yes. Well, uh, I've been, or sorry, meaning to head to the East Side <clears throat> for breakfast, so I suppose we can travel there together. <laughs> and he's giving you the biggest, like, shit-eating grin, like, he knows exactly what you're about. I didn't even get a chance to lie. <laughs> Damn. He is Savage. the mayor, he's the mayor of a small town, he's, like, finessed a lot of people. I'll tell you what, I'll buy you breakfast. Oh, thank you. It's going to be delicious. Well, I've wasted a walk. <laughs> Nonsense, you got to meet the citizenry. Oh, yes. Get to listen to an old man blather on about the cold. Wonderful. The old man who is still at the counter of the reception de desk thankfully doesn't hear this comment, but the receptionist just does kind of glance up at you and is half following the conversation between you and the speaker. Well, I'll, uh, I'll see to the accounts and shall join you outside shortly. Yes, yes. He just kind of walks off. <laughs> worth a shot. It was it was well <laughs> worth a shot. After yeah, a couple wait outside. Yeah, after a couple of minutes, he uh he comes back, sort of adjusting his cloak so that it covers him entirely. And uh, you know, you guys head back toward the east side. Dreamer and Krellick. About Half an hour or so after Felgren had gone to Town Hall, or gone outside, who knows where he went, <laughs> he comes back in, trailed by Speaker Masthew, leader of Tourmaline, the one who had initially, uh, well, never mind, he actually is the only person uh, who spoke to Felgren, huh? <laughs> well, he spoke to Felgren and... Krellick, though, right? And Krellick, yeah. yes. Yeah. Krellick's old uh, and senile. So <laughs> nice. Krellick, you would you would remember <laughs> Speaker Masthew as he enters behind Felgren and, you know, stomps the snow and the road mud off of his boots before coming inside fully. In the half hour or so that Grek has been left to her own devices in the kitchen, it is about this time as the speaker comes in and goes, Marta, what's for breakfast? That Grek comes fumbling out from the kitchen. You could see that at some point between when you last saw her, Krellick, and now, she has taken a knife to that apron, still wearing it around the waist, but now it terminates at about ankle height for her, so she is nice. no longer tripping. See? Well, that's She's smart. already adapting to city life. Perfect. She carries out a plate of blackened bacon and what appears to be a salad bowl full of hard-boiled eggs that she has painstakingly peeled, but her claws have somewhat, like, damaged the soft flesh of the eggs, and deposits them on the table in front of you, Krellick. Oh, Me go get toast! Eggs. Shuffles oh, back God. to go get, uh, get you some toast going. Thank you. Oh, no problem. You make sure you're fed. I love her. P practice yep. makes perfect, I suppose. She's gonna be a connoisseur when we come back through this area. Work in progress. <laughs> Whip. The speaker comes over to the table, and uh, he's kind of watching Grek as she goes, looking confused. He seats himself across from you, Krellick, and takes one of those eggs, regards it, for a moment before taking a bite out of it when he does he pauses for a moment and reaches into his mouth with his other hand and fishes out a bit of eggshell before flicking it away yeah. it's like how is she gonna mess this up it's the only thing i can think of i was like, <laughs> it's, like it's like really hard to mess up hard boiled eggs unless you leave the shells in i mean at least it's cooked it's a start <laughs> Oh, they're actually uh, perfect. They're not. Normally, my wife's terrible with hard-boiled eggs. She always overcooks them, and they <laughs> get dry inside. This is actually fairly... And he sort of cuts himself off and finishes 
pushing the egg between his teeth and kind of licks his fingers. Right, uh, I take it the mines are clear of kobolds? I, mines are empty. Mm-hmm. And any other threats have been dealt with? I know that there was a miner that went missing prior to, uh, the kobolds forcing everyone out. Uh, well... I mean, you might have some rats down there, but that's about it. There was a ghost. Aye, there was a ghost. And a little floaty octopus thing. But yep. Mm-hmm. They're not there anymore. There's also the skull of an illithid, which is concerning. Aye, I'd rather not think about that. Uh, just the just the skull? Yes, the uh, there was the skull of an illithid, yes. Concerning? No, oh, that's... We've never seen one around these parts. If there had been, things would have likely gone terribly for many of the townsfolk by now. I don't think you have anything to worry about from Illithids, but we'll keep an eye on the mine. I that would be smart. Well, yeah. you know, that and the, the creature that was clearly from the Underdark seems not good. Tell me more of this octopus. Well, it was gross. <laughs> Nailed it. And, you know, it tried to eat Rian. I mobilized him. Probably identified him as the easiest target. I more likely. He was the first target. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's just being a dick. Right um, uh... It, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't say I know much about them, but I do know where they come from. And uh, if you've tapped into the Underdark down there, that's not good. The uh, the shaft descends down into the Underdark, but we don't often have creatures bigger than a Sturge come up. I suppose it's if you're aware, then the, the safety precautions are up to you. Yeah, uh, our mine managers will deal with that. The foreman. Hmm. If that is all, then I suppose it is time for you to be paid. He reaches down to his side and plucks a purse of gold that he places in the center of the table. Fifty, as promised. I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. One of the scaffoldings was slightly damaged. This is the first time he kind of, like, <laughs> looks more than just a little concerned. You know, he seems to have kind of accepted that you've eliminated the threat, but hearing that, his attention immediately shifts to Dreamer. Uh, how so? Meanwhile, Felgren's slowly reaching for the coin purse. <laughs> Dreamer reaches his hand over. I, was thinking, I think Krellick's just staring at Grin's hand. We'll grab it fast. <laughs> Both of you make me a dexterity check. No, slight a hand check. Yay! <laughs> Maybe. I'll probably fail. <laughs> hey, you want me to roll? Yeah. Hooray! Oh yeah, I want you to roll. 23. Beat it. He's well, gonna like crit. <laughs> that's the only way I could. Damn it. Nope. Yeah, you know, Dreamer, as you go to reach for the bag in the center of the table, Felgren's hand is suddenly there and gone, you know, faster than the blink of an eye. Even, so you know, your mechanical eye. And he's already secreted it away in one of his, uh, his pockets there. <laughs> he's just looking at his nails when you look up. He's <laughs> gone. The... Just... <laughs> I'll, I'll look at the empty space, but then I'll just turn back to... <laughs> the uh Everyone the knows he has it. had begun to try to sabotage we interrupted them before any major damage could be done thank you for letting us know how we can send inspectors down before we send anybody down I suppose you'll be Leaving then? Or are you looking for work here in town? 
How do we, uh, I going north? Can't... Well, there is the moose. Hi. Might look for that before we leave. Hmm. So, if there's any light, you can shed on that situation. So far as I know, their uh, logging operations up there have been, for a while now, hindered by the presence of a large moose coming out of the dark of the wood to slay the town folk. The, uh, Foresters, I should say. And it's been... aggressive? Deadly. Hmm. I don't know what measures are being taken up there to stop the beast. I would have sent hunters myself, but that's a, a distant way for my folk. And we have had other problems. Hmm. Between the, uh, the mine being overrun with kobolds and this beast in the lake making fishermen fearful. Things have not been good around here. Hmm. It's just... Maybe Dreamer can confirm. But what what I know of the, the beasts is that they're not typically aggressive. They are territorial. So maybe they're just logging in the wrong place <laughs> I don't know nor do I oh I'm grateful it stays to that end of the lonely wood is there anything we can get you before you go any supplies by town folk we uh, we do have some general stores I'm not suggesting you receive anything without proper recompense for my uh, constituents, but I can't think of nothing. Yes, uh, nothing comes to mind. Can't say I've ever fought a moose before. I'm unprepared, mentally at least. I uh, see them occasionally on the edge of the wood. He reaches for another egg and pops it into his mouth and chews it for a bit for uh, continuing. Hey, uh, uh deadly dangerous you live around them so often you come to recognize that if a moose stops and stares at you <laughs> you get the hell out of there yes well they are massive so that that tracks i but considering what we face so far i think we might be able to handle moose uh, i guess we'll see famous last word Shut up, you're not here. He looks fairly <laughs> grave at that. And remember, it's killed several people. Oh, hi, we know. We'll see if we can't put a stop to that. I suggest when you go, before you strike off into the woods, look for Speaker Huddle. She can see that you are apprised of what's going on up there. Will do. And at that, he pushes his chair back and goes to stand. And when he does, he reaches down and plucks one piece of bacon, pops it in his mouth, grabs another two, and grabs a third of the hard-boiled eggs. Uh, tell Walter that I came by to say hello. <laughs> I think Krolik will nod as he contemplates grabbing some of it himself. <laughs> And he shuffles out, but uh, as he leaves, Felgren, you do see that he has left uh, two silver on at his spot at the table, because he did say he would buy you breakfast. Oh, kind. <laughs> I mean, he's going to take them. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick as he slowly slides them into his pocket. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well... He just kind of tosses the the fifty gold pouch on the on the table. We'll, we'll split it up. All right. Ten apiece. Yep. Ten apiece. Ten apiece, gold, and uh, an additional two silver to Felgren. Yeah. <laughs> One in the money, buddy. All right. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> 
breakfast for me, suckers. Let's give you your free breakfast. <laughs> A feast of hard-boiled <laughs> eggs and burnt bacon. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, it was all made by What's-Her-Name anyways. It wasn't like we were getting charged for it. So you did, I mean, you just gotta make two bucks off that. Or two, yeah. uh, two silver. And, so, uh, good for you, bud. As Speaker Masthu leaves, Grek finally returns with the uh, the toast. It is a tray where, you know, it's almost like somebody has taken a loaf and, you know, sliced it neatly and toasted each of them one by one. The ones on the far left of the tray, utterly blackened and cold. It took her probably forever to do those. But then as you get closer to the right, she seems to have dialed in how to make a nice toast. And those are actually passable. As she lays the uh, the wooden board in front of you and... Oh, butter! Reaches into her apron pockets and takes out a uh, like a small bowl with butter in it. It's got a bit of lint clinging to it and she like plucks a bit of that off. And nice. It's smushed from having been stuck into her pocket, but she only had hands for the for the board. Places it on the table next to the uh, the loaf. <laughs> Gross. I was hoping she was just going to pull out a stick of butter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big hand pull of butter. Yeah. Trust me, I thought of it. I was like, no, no, it would be, it would be a little dish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was just gonna reach in and pull out butter. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of butter. Yeah, she she deposits the butter dish next to the uh, the bread loaf. She starts like licking on her claws. Uh, bon bon appetit. Wow. Go scurrying back to the kitchen. Wow. That just happened. I'll take a piece of toast. I'm genuinely surprised that she knew that phrase. And then he'll spread some linty butter on his toast. It's seasoned. Yeah. Lint seasoned butter. Great. Yes. She's a gourmand. Well, she is trying. I guess that counts for something. (laughs) Tavini. It has been an hour since you began your ritual, and toward the end of it, you hear again, distantly, and ever approaching, the tink, 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 of a hammer on an anvil, a very powerful sound that grows ever stronger, and you look up and kind of cast about the room searching for its source. Neither Marta nor her father seem to notice it and are continuing to watch as the heap of metal in the center is slowly reconfiguring itself into the desired shape. You feel, this time, a wash of warmth over you, which was noticeably absent the night before. The father of the forge was with you last night, but his attention centered elsewhere. This morning, it is completely on you. And as the ritual comes to a close, you find yourself staring down at your desired and designed contraption. And uh, Marta's father kind of grins, almost like a boy. Is it, uh, is it done? Uh, uh, almost. Um... And she's going to make sure that all of the uh, straps are on correctly. So yeah, as you are checking it over, all the straps seem to be configured as you had imagined them. Yep. You know, any any moving parts work as they should. And there's padding for where his leg will rest. Mm-hmm. There's not much, so he will probably add his own comfort to it as he uses it the part where the foot connects has like the slots so that you know it can when there's pressure put on the foot it will click into a slot the foot can just slide on from the side so yeah it it slides on takes a bit of wiggling but she gets it on and then she, she has a full leg once she has put the foot on that she made last night 
And uh, Marta then pipes up. Do you uh do you need any help uh attaching it? Uh, um. She looks at it. Looks at at her father and goes, "Yes." Oh, I forgot to say. There's a knucklehead trout. Looks kind of engraved on the outside, curling up around the leg, just as a kind of you know artistic extra with little like trails of water. I like it. Yep, very cool. Yeah, I love it. All together, the trio of you, kind of reviewing, you know, how each of the straps should go on, the order in which they should go on, takes about 20 or 30 minutes for you to kind of put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, make sure that the pair of them are comfortable with how it functions, so that you aren't just, you know, taking off and they're kind of left to their own devices. Yeah. But when it finally comes time to really legitimately test it, the leg slides into place, it's strapped down. Marta, at her father's elbow, helps him to his feet, and he's he's very wobbly. But as soon as he has weight down on that foot, it locks, and he is standing firmly there, looking equal parts elated and surprised that it has worked. And you see a uh, bit of moisture forming in his eyes, and he very hastily, you know, rubs it with the back of his hand as Marta is trying to, uh, you know, help him keep his balance. I, um... Uh, it's, it's been a while since I stood on my own. Uh, Marta, let, let me go for a moment. And she looks nervous, but she... You know, releases his arm and yeah, certainly uh, standing there without any sort of assistance it's uh, it's comfortable I don't know that I was expecting that it may feel uh, more heavy than you are used to and he kind of experimentally lifts his leg, uh, at which point the foot no longer locks and just kind of swings for a moment uh, I see what you mean. And he is still grinning like a boy and starts to pace the room, warily, kind of keeping his hand to the wall at first. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then he takes a, a couple of journeys from one corner of the room to the other without any sort of assistance. After a moment, he turns towards the door with a look of determination. I'm going to try the stairs. <laughs> oh, brave boy. Brave. He looks a bit concerned. <laughs> yeah. Marta is similarly concerned, and she looks to you and kind of you share a concerned look together. She scurries ahead of him to be at the bottom of the stairs, this very willowy girl, uh, prepared to catch her bedridden dad. No longer bedridden, should he fall down the stairs. But no, you are able to, from the top of the steps, watch as he very laborious, laboriously manages to navigate down to the bottom of the stairs and into that low tunnel that leads back out to the common room. Tavini is watching his his movements the whole time, and especially paying attention to the leg and like making notes in her book about improvements, changes, things that don't work exactly the way she intended or ways that she could probably do better so she's just like the whole time watching and like a like a engineer yeah and an, an engineer just like watching her creation in work and going okay good but i can do better as he descends the stairs you're able to see every time that he takes weight off of that foot the uh, you know the foot becomes loose again, so it's able to swing and be planted. He does seem to be struggling a little with the weight, but that's that could as easily be just the newness of it versus, you know, it actually being a problem. Gradually makes his way down to the bottom of the stairs, and Marta precedes him. Those of you who are sitting in the common room, having just finished uh, speaking with the speaker, can see her elation as she comes 
pretty much bounding up the stairs and doesn't even stop to say anything to the three of you, kind of turns to look down the stairs. And you see the top of her father's head first appearing as he ascends on his own power very, very slowly. Well, and, look uh, at that. Aye, she did it. Aye, she did. Look who's got two legs now, holding it over our heads. <laughs> I'll need a tail next. It's a uh, <laughs> bit of work to balance. You'll never go back. If I get a tail? Mm-hmm. Kind of raises his eyebrows as if considering that. <laughs> I'll just laugh. Take it you've been seen to for, for breakfast. I apologize for keeping Marta so long. And he comes to join you at the table. Oh, yes, Grek is, uh, well, she's motivated. He peruses the, uh, you know, offerings on the table. The hard-boiled eggs and the blackened bacon <laughs> and the toast that has very obviously, like, been experimented on and then gradually improved. And he takes one of the end slices of toast of the, uh, the best end, reaches for the butter, swipes a little onto a knife, it goes to spread it, but then kind of sees some of the lint on there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, certainly can be taught. <laughs> and he, he spreads it anyway and takes a bite. Yes, that's a learning curve. <laughs> Congratulations on your new limb. Yes, it, uh, feels good to be up again and almost as if he can't help himself once he's finished his toast he gets up and starts exploring the common room like he hasn't been able to do in some time marta completely ignoring any sort of guest services she should be providing is just hovering around him making sure he doesn't fall so where's reen at during all this oh, i assumed i was still out playing with uh with miri and say, I didn't know how long this was all take. I mean, I know it was like within a half hour of everything kind of all going down. So I mean, takes place in the uh, the chunk of about an hour, fifteen hour and a half or so. Okay. Um, so yeah, whatever the two of you were doing. Yeah, I'd say I'd figure about now we'd probably be making our way back in after all the exercise and working out and all that fun stuff. Mary pokes her head in yeah. the door. Yeah, <laughs> that's to say because I think that's the big thing is like he's. Now that she doesn't fit in places, he doesn't like he doesn't like to leave her alone. So, you know, it's like if she can peek her head in, that's great, but if not, you know, he'll probably spend a lot of time with her and you know, just outside and, and whatnot. Yeah. And uh in the time that you two have been sparring and working with one another, the town of Tourmaline has at most probably six hundred residents. Easily like, one twentieth of those have gathered sort of at the edges of the snow to watch the pair of you. And as you head inside, a couple of them kind of go about their business elsewhere. But then there is a... about half of them or so, so about 15 people, start making their way toward the east side. There you go. And very quickly, the uh, the common room starts to fill up as it seems that the normal people who would be here for breakfast have uh, mm. finally arrived from their distraction. <laughs> yeah. What's everybody up to? Hey! Looks like you got yourself a leg! Aye, yeah. Uh, your young friend here, Tavini, has uh, given me my ability to walk back. <sighs> Tavini, you never, never cease to amaze me with the things you can do. Say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start putting you to the test. I'm just gonna have you start making things, cool things. Like, like, can you make a, a thing on my sheath that just shoots the sword out into me hand? That'd be cool. I, I could try. You it would be springboarded. <laughs> I think. See, there we go. Now we're spitting balling ideas. I like this. Grin, what you got? How about uh, cheat cards that come out of your wrist or something like that? Why would why do you automatically go to me cheating? He's just looking at him with a big-ass smile on his face. <laughs> oh, yes, very funny. <laughs> ah, it's, I'm just joking with you. Oh, you know what so, isn't a joke? I'm sure it's something clever. Go ahead. You smell like a horse. He kind of, like, lifts up his armpit and, like, smells himself. <laughs> He's like, it's like, well, well, you're not wrong. It's ass, it's like, specifically. 
A ass? I smell like ass. A horse's ass, yes. Ah, uh, you're clever. Uh, actually, that is pretty good. Yeah, I, just, I slept in stables last night, so, uh... No, I know, it's not... It's not funny, it's tragic. I just hold, <laughs> holds his hand over his nose. Yeah, it smells... I, or I slept in worse places. No, no worries. Ah... Uh, <laughs> he just smiles. As this conversation is happening, Marta's father, Clyde, a... A small crowd has gathered around him, and he is across the bar, uh, tavern, sort of showing off his new leg, and like lifting it up off the ground, and putting it back down, and lifting it up, and putting it back, and you know, showing how it functions. And Marta, on seeing suddenly the common room fill up, has disappeared into the kitchen, and you can hear the banging of pots and pans back there as uh, presumably she and Grek get to work on making sure there's enough to feed these people. It is a... Uh, even given the events of the day prior, a good day. A good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go murder a moose. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>